me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. You still want to show me your cucumber? By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. I am GamerDude and this is Storytime. Thanks for being here. Always good to have you back for another episode. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about language. We're going to be talking about momisms and language and cursing and colorful metaphors and all the stuff we grew up with. At least all the stuff that I grew up with, but the thing that you're going to find is the stuff that I grew up with is a lot of the stuff that all of you grew up with. Because I think that when I go through the list of things that I've compiled, you're going to hear a lot of similarities between what my mom said to me and what your mom said to you. And I think, I think that there's a universal book that all the mothers use. There's a big conspiracy out there amongst the moms. I'm pretty sure of that. In all seriousness, we all know what moms say because all moms... They do run from the same playbook. They really do. You'll see. You'll see. Because we grow up hearing the phrases. We grow up doing the same things. We grow up facing the same experiences. And all of the moms say the same things their mom said to them. There's nothing wrong with it. I just think it's amusing because we pass it on. We always say, we're not going to grow up to be our parents. And yet we do. We grow up and become our parents. I grew my dad's finger somewhere along the way because when I shake my finger at my kids, I look at it and I go, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's my dad right there. That's my dad right there. So what you'll find is, as we go through the episode today is a lot of familiar stuff. I guess the best place to start is the phrases that we all know. And I think probably the most universal of all is this one. Now, you've heard this one, right? Because I'm your mother, that's why, right? Every mother says that. My mo- I can't even begin to tell you how many times my mother told me, we're doing it this way because I'm your mother. But there's a lot of common phrases beyond that one. I mean, how many of us had this phrase repeated over and over again? You just wait until your father gets home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were countless times where I dreaded the arrival of dad from the end of the workday. Oh, God, dad's going to be home in 10 minutes. Mom's going to tell him everything. Oh, yes, that would put the fear of God into us. Absolutely. Wait until your father gets home. Then there's this one. This is why we can't have nice things. Every mother has said that multiple times. And it's true. It's why we can't have nice things because we knock them off the table or they fall to the floor or we break it because we're kids. That's what we do. Now, this might be less common, but this was a common refrain in my house. Where are the good scissors? Does every home have good scissors and bad scissors? Because we always had good scissors and they were always missing. Mom could never find the good scissors to cut things with. And, you know, here's the thing. I have good scissors in my house now. It's the truth. We have a good pair of scissors that we use for cutting good things, I guess. But there's always a set of good scissors in the house, and mom could never find ours. So that's a universal phrase. It's got to be. You've all had good scissors in your house, correct? Got to be. Then there's this popular phrase. Someday your face will freeze like that. Don't cross your eyes. They'll freeze that way many variations of that one. 
Moms were always worried about frozen faces. I didn't realize that there was an epidemic of frozen faces, but apparently moms are aware of things like that. Then how about this one? We all knew this one from dinner, right? Eat your vegetables. There are starving kids in... And you can fill in whatever country your mom liked. It was either China or Zimbabwe or Vietnam or whatever country that she had on her mind. They were always starving there and they would always kill for your leftover broccoli. And I was half tempted to get an envelope, throw it in there and say, send it off, mom. Then there's this popular phrase. How about this one? We knew this one, right? Bored? How can you be bored? I was never bored at your age. Yeah, parents were never bored. (laughs) That still cracks me up. Of course you were bored. Everybody gets bored. Help me. Please help me. But yeah, I heard that one many times. That's why I developed a love for board games because it helped alleviate the boredom. At least I could go play board games with somebody. And then there's this one. We always had this one around Mother's Day, Father's Day, because every kid asks this question. There's a Mother's Day. There's a Father's Day. Why isn't there a Children's Day? What's the response? Every day is Children's Day, right? I can't tell you how many times I heard that one as well. Every day is Children's Day. We also had this one. You're not going out dressed like that. Oh, yeah. If I had a pair of jeans with a hole in them, If I had a dirty shirt on, if there was a stain on my jacket, you're not going out dressed like that. We all know that one, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Every mother has that in her playbook as well. Oh, and this one too, of course, because we've all asked for the dog or the cat or the pet that they didn't want to get for us. And what's the phrase? You know who will end up walking it and feeding it. And the answer was always no. We we didn't get the dog or the cat unless mom or dad wanted the dog or the cat because they were right. They were going to be the ones ending up walking and feeding it. But yeah, we've all heard that phrase multiple times, which also brings me to the list of ones that I can give you. I can give you the line and you'll know the response without me saying it. It's a little game we'll play and I'm sure you can fill in the blank as soon as I get done with it. Ready? Here we go. If you can say something nice, right? Don't say anything at all. We all know that one. If everyone was jumping off of a cliff, yep, you know the answer. Would you jump too? Uh, Probably not, Mom. I'm sorry. I won't do that. This one you might not have as much as I did, but I had this one a lot. I hope when you grow up, you have kids just like you. And damn if it wasn't the case. (laughs) But that's a good mom line right there too. This one's an easy one. If I told you once, I told you a thousand times. It's always a thousand times. It's not a million. It's not a hundred. It's always a thousand times. And she must keep track. This is another popular one from my house. Maybe you had this one. Maybe you didn't. I slay for hours over a hot stove. And this is the thanks I get? Yes, we had that many a time. When mom would try something new at dinner time, and we stuck up our noses at it. That was the phrase we got. This is the thanks I get? I'm sorry, Mom. I'll eat it. Whatever it is. I don't care how horrendous it is. There was one meal that she made. It was some kind of a seafood stew that was just not good. It was just not good. And that phrase was employed after the seafood stew. There was another meat concoction that she made one year. I don't even know what it was supposed to be, but it was, mm, 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 oh, that's that's real good, Mom. Yeah, thanks. Because we learned 
Mom was slaving over a hot stove and we didn't want to hear the line, this is the thanks I get. Now, I had some phrases that were pretty unique, I think, to my family. Maybe you heard these, maybe you didn't. I've mentioned them in my Twitch stream a few times, but uh, they bear repeating because they're pretty good ones. I'm going to snatch you bald-headed. That was my mom's favorite phrase if we were in trouble. She would be so mad at us, she would say that. I'm going to snatch you bald-headed. And that put the fear of God into us because we were afraid she would actually do it. She was angry enough that we figured, oh, God, Mom, no, please. Then there was, this wasn't an angry one. This was one of those, if I was always an antsy child, so if I was jumping around and just fidgeting, she would come up with the phrase, you're hopping around like a hen on a hot Johnny cake. It took me years to figure out what a hot Johnny cake was, and it was like a pancake, and I'm trying to figure out why a hen would be on a Johnny cake, but all I knew was it was my cue to sit still, damn it. She never said, sit still, damn it. She always said, stop hopping around like a hen on a hot Johnny cake. So I would. The other phrase, and I guess this comes from when she was a kid, and maybe you've heard this one, maybe you haven't. You're as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. What's wrong with you? And when you do the visual, you could see that. You could see a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs being a bit nervous. So that was another way of saying, settle down, stop fidgeting. There's a couple of more that she had. I'm not sure where these fit into the list that I've compiled, but we all had the one, were you raised in a barn? And that came up many times, whether it was because your room was a mess or because you left the front door open or whatever the case was, were you raised in a barn? Was often employed in our house. The other one, and this is a, a momism that you probably have experienced when it's cold outside or cold inside the house. She would say, it's cold in here. Go put on a sweater. Whether you're cold or not, mom was cold, so you needed to put on a sweater. That's a true momism right there. So those were some of the phrases that my mom employed. She was a colorful user of language, and I think that's partly because she was an English teacher. Um, When she graduated from college, she went into teaching for a while, and she Uh, did some theater production, and she taught English classes. So she was very, very careful about the language that she used. And it was always important to people use their words and use their vocabulary. And I think that's one of the reasons that, first of all, we had all of these colorful metaphors like hopping around like a hen on a hot Johnny cake. That's pretty colorful language when you think about it. You play it out in your head. Yeah, that's pretty good. So mom could turn a phrase. But she was also cognizant of using words instead of curse words using phrases instead of just devolving into what she would consider profanity. I mean, we did not curse in my house. When I was growing up, there were there was, I shouldn't say there was no cursing. There was very minimal cursing. My dad was a goddammer. His go-to phrase was goddammit. My mom was even less of a curser. She would never curse. Well, I shouldn't say never. Mom's curse was H-E-double-L, or if she was really bent out of shape, she would go O-S-H-I-T. She would never say the word, but she sure would spell it. Every so often, she would also drop a Hell's Bells. I don't know what that meant, but Hell's Bells was always a big one with my mom. But that was it. We didn't have the S word. We didn't have the F word. We didn't have any of the nasty words that you hear every day. And forgive me for calling them nasty words. That's the way I was brought up. And 
people who've seen me in the stream, you know that I curse. I've cursed on stream a few times. I don't do it a lot. It's not my default mode. I don't go to cursing. I don't use the F word. I don't use the S word very much. Occasionally I do. It depends on the circumstances, but occasionally I do. And a lot of that is my upbringing. And I can say it right now. I mean, I'm doing a podcast. The only one who's recording it is me. I don't have to censor it any way that I don't want to. It's just that it's not a natural thing for me to curse. It's just not the way I was brought up. I was brought up to use polite language. And that's stuck in my head all of these years. So I'll drop the F-bomb every, every once in a while, and I'll, I'll use the S-word. But, you know, I'll go through the list of words that I was not allowed to say, and it's extensive. I mean, the word tits, the word balls, those were bad words in my house. I was in my 20s before I was comfortable saying tits. And to me, it's still kind of a crass word. I don't use that word, not generally. Balls is still a little uncomfortable for me, too. Nuts is okay. I can say nuts. But balls was never a good word. You know what? Even sucks was bad when I was growing up. We didn't say things sucked because we knew what it meant. We knew where it came from. So we didn't say sucks. We also didn't say fart. We didn't say piss. We didn't say shit. It just was, those were bad words. Now, the only curse words that really were prevalent in my house were God damn it or Jesus Christ, which is weird because we were kind of a religious family too. So taking the Lord's name in vain was bad. But I guess that's why the curse words were so extreme if my dad used them, because you didn't say Jesus Christ unless you really meant it. You weren't supposed to say it anywhere but in the context of church. So to use it as, a, as an expletive was really bad. So if dad was Jesus Christing in the basement, you knew something bad was going on. If there was a God damn it, that was bad. The next step from God damn it was God damn it to hell. Now things were getting worse if you were goddamning something to hell. But DEFCON 1 for the goddammits was goddammit to hell and back. Then you knew things were really bad. If, if you were goddamning it to hell and back, it was, it was trouble. It was trouble. It was, call the fire department. Something was going wrong. If you were goddamning something to hell and back, it was a serious, serious matter. But there was never an F word. I don't think my dad dropped the F bomb a single time that I'm aware of in my life. And neither did my mom. I didn't learn that till I went away to school and they were so proud. <laughs> Is this why you're getting an education? Is this what it's about so you can come home with this kind of language? Yeah. Sorry, mom. <laughs> That's what I learned. Sorry. But we did have substitutes for those words. Of course, you always have substitutes. But before I get to the substitutes, I guess there's there's a couple other popular phrases, <laughs> for lack of a better term, that have gained in popularity that were also forbidden to us back in the day. We didn't refer to people as douchebags back then. Because douchebags, I mean, I'm sure all of you know what a douche is. And if you don't, look up douche. There's a Google. Go do it. But using a douche back in the day was a process. It wasn't just a thing that you got at the drugstore. It was a process. And my, I, I didn't learn until years later what the process was. But my mother had an actual douche bag. And I knew what it was. And I knew what it was, I knew what it was used for. Eventually, I learned. But to call somebody a douchebag back in my day... Oh my God, you might as well just shoot him. That was a horrible thing. The other thing, scumbag. Now, scumbag, again, 
We all know what a scumbag is. If you don't, go to Urban Dictionary. You can figure it out. But a scumbag was just a horrible, horrendous thing to call somebody. So we didn't use that. And if we used that, we got in trouble. The things that we were able to do was to put in our substitutes. Now, you always create substitutes. For the F word, fudge was mostly acceptable, although my mom knew what we were saying. But if we, if we let off a fudge, we were okay. When Battlestar Galactica came out in the 70s, they came up with a curse word similar to the F-bomb, which was frack. So we could use frack, too, because it was on TV, so it must have been okay. So we used frack a little bit as one of our go-to words. But to get around the ban against Jesus Christ, we would always use cheese and rice. Cheese and rice. I can't believe this happened. That was our... (laughs) That was our backup. We could use cheese and rice, even though we knew what we were supposed to be saying. Cheese and rice was acceptable. Jesus Christ was not. It's just like, shut the front door these days. We all know what it's supposed to mean. But if you go, shut the front door, we all know what we're meaning. But the other substitutes, we couldn't say damn, so we could say darn. We could also say drat. Instead of shit, we could say sugar. That was our fallback position because we couldn't use the S word. And of course... We could never use the full phrase, but if we went mother, f- everybody knew what we were getting at. So it was okay to use that. But anything beyond that, oh my God, were we in trouble. So that's why over the years I developed different kinds of curses, and that's what I've stuck with. You know, what the heck does Dag Nabbit mean? It sounds goofy, but that's my go to curse word most of the time these days. Dag Nabbit. I think it's the Yosemite Sam and me from Bugs Bunny cartoons. That's where Dag Nabbit comes from. The other one that I've come up with over the years, and actually <laughs> Mrs. Gamer Dude uses this more than I do, and it's become one of her favorites, douche nozzle. Douche nozzle's a great phrase. You call somebody a douche nozzle, it, it just takes them by surprise. They have no idea what the hell that means. But it's a great sounding curse phrase. You douche nozzle. Right? That sounds good. But it's a weird thing. I... I I don't look down on people who curse because cursing is so prevalent in, in our society today. And, you know, everybody drops the F-bomb and everybody says shit and piss and tits and balls and all the stuff that I was not supposed to say as, growing up, as I was growing up. And I don't say it now. It's just occasionally I'll drop it in the, in the conversation. Or if I'm particularly frustrated, if I'm driving and there's a moron in front of me who doesn't know the rules of the road... I'll drop an F-bomb on them, but usually when I'm in the car by myself. Occasionally, if somebody's in the car, I'll still drop the F-bomb. But if I'm with people, I tend not to curse. And that's, that's my mom. That's the upbringing that I had. And I can't shake that. I don't think that I necessarily think it's a bad thing. You know, I come up with colorful metaphors to take the place of the curse words that people use because I'm more comfortable with it that way. And I know... Mr. 5 in my Twitch stream has said on occasion that it doesn't sound normal when I curse. It's not normal when I curse because I don't. It's, it's an effort for me to come up with a curse. If I call somebody or something in a game, you bastards, it's more forced. By the way, bastards is an okay word. It wasn't a great word when I was a kid, but we, would, we could get away with it. But bastards was a bad word. And bastards isn't really a curse word. Even, even from its origin, bastard is simply the child born out of wedlock to somebody. That's what a bastard is, but it was a bad word at one point. And my mom tended to frown on our use of the word bastard. So even bastard makes me a little uncomfortable. 
Of course, I know how to use curse words. I don't really use curse words. And I laugh because I think of the story um, when my youngest was working on some of his early music. As those of you who followed me at all know, my youngest uh, writes rap and he performs rap and he's a performer and a recording artist. And he has a lot of stuff up on his SoundCloud account. But one of the first songs that he was writing uh, used the word motherfucker in it. And and you probably heard it right there. I don't like saying that. It's just not a phrase that I'm comfortable using in everyday language. But I know enough about rap and I know enough about the, the, the style of music that you, I could never be a rapper because I can't say the phrase motherfucker without going, mm, I'm uncomfortable with this word. But I knew that he was very good at what he was doing except when he came to that word. And it's partly because I never used it. But the first piece of advice I gave him about cursing was this. And I told him, I love what you wrote. I love the way you perform it. But if you're going to use the word motherfucker, you have to own it. And he said, thanks, Dad. And ever since then, he's been really good with his use of the word. (laughs) So I guess the lesson is, if you're going to curse, own it. Know what you're saying and say it with gusto. And I guess that's why I don't curse a lot, because I don't say it with gusto. I can say dagnabbit with gusto. I can even say cheese and rice with gusto. But the other stuff I'm just not comfortable with. And I guess that's because of the way I was brought up. I would love to hear your stories about cursing or momisms or other colorful metaphors you brought up. So if you have any you'd like to share please send them to me. I would love to hear it. You can send them to me by direct message on Twitter at ReallyGamerDude. I'd love to share them. And we can do another episode of momisms and colorful metaphors and cursing. And I'll put all of the stuff that I get from you guys in a list and we'll go over it together because I'm always interested to hear what common things we have and what different things we have experienced. So please feel free to share that with me. That's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate the support. I love having the, the, the chance to tell my stories to you. And I love even more the fact that you guys listen to it and give me feedback about how much it means to you. Because it means a lot to me that you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. Thank you so much for being part of things. And until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.